Hi, and welcome to Hack Your Brain with Meditation. My name is Josh Bashinsky. I've been meditating for over 20 years. I have a TED Talk on Google Search and Ethics. I have a PhD ABD in Neuroscience, Psychology, and Philosophy. And I'd love to show you the secrets I've learned over the years of how to hack your brain through meditation. So as per usual, I have a quick lecture to go through, and then we'll get to a meditation lesson at the end. So what's today's lesson? Today is a very important lesson coming from the Western tradition of meditation. And I'd like to introduce it to you. It is such a powerful brain hack. It's such an important brain hack. And it's really going to help change your life. In fact, it could be quite revolutionary. And it's the concept of pessimism. And I'm going to start off with a strong statement. Pessimism is wrong. And when I say that, I don't mean like it's bad. It is. And I don't mean that having pessimistic thoughts is going to get in the way of your meditation. It will do that as well. I literally mean that the view of pessimism, the view that pessimism takes, is dead wrong. It is completely non-factual. It is mistaken. It is a mistaken reasoning to think that way, never mind a problem for our emotions. So how is that? Let me go through it very quickly. So whenever someone believes that a situation is bad, they have to make a judgment that it is bad. And I'm going to claim that that's wrong. That's the use of the wrong verb is. Nothing is bad. Nothing is good or bad. So I'm going to say that, that not only is that statement wrong, but definitely the, more, the statement's more characteristic of pessimism, like thinking that this situation needs to be bad, or even worse, that all situations are always bad, the worst kind of pessimism, is even more wrong than the first statement. But you might be like, well, Josh, why is it that pessimism is wrong? Or why is it wrong to use the verb is with the adjective bad? Well, let me ask you this. Quantum physics has shown us that reality is nothing but a bunch of molecules, atoms actually, quanta, bumping up against each other. That's all there is. That's reality. A bunch of quanta, a bunch of molecules bumping up against each other. So let me ask you. What's bad in that? If reality is only a bunch of quanta bumping up against each other, then there is nothing that's bad. It's just a bunch of quanta bumping up against each other. It's just a bunch of molecules bouncing around in the void. Nothing is good or bad in that scenario. It takes someone, a declarer, it takes someone to declare that something is bad. It takes us to make a negative judgment and to brand something as bad, to label something as bad. And I'm going to claim that whenever you do that, you're making a mistake. Especially if you think it's always bad, or that's the tendency that your both your mind and your soul and your emotions want to run to. As the Bard says, nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. And so it takes a thinker, it takes a human being, to judge that something is bad or to label something bad when there is absolutely no need. And I think you will agree. Think about it. Is there a need for us to declare something bad? Is it necessary that we label a scenario bad? It's not necessary. In fact, it would be much better, much more positive, much more fruitful, and yes, it will help your meditation, 
if you label things in a continuum of value, it may have less value for you. It might have more value for you. But once you decide how you feel, and once you judge how you feel, then that set of value that the scenario has for you is an objective fact. And therefore, the verb is, as Western philosophy will teach us, is applicable to that scenario. This is not that valuable to me. This is not valuable to me at all. There's no measurable value whatsoever. Or this is highly valuable to me. This is very important to me. This is part of the good. Western philosophy has argued, and Western meditation practices have used, that there is no such thing as bad. Bad is merely a negation. Evil is merely a negation of the good, of value, of importance. There is either good or value or importance, or there is a lack thereof. And that's what we can talk about being objective. And it's objective in the Einstein sense, in the general relativity sense. It is relative to each observer, just like gravity is relative to each observer. So I talked a little bit last week about how postmodernism in the West has sent us down the wrong path, and that's getting in the way of everything, many things, not the least of which your enlightenment, your meditation. And that's all I'm really talking about in this show is, is meditation and all the concepts that are getting in the way of you becoming mindful, you becoming soulful, you becoming enlightened. And this is one such concept. It is the bad habit and actually the wrong view of pessimism. Pessimism is wrong. The glass is not half empty. I mean, it is, but that's not a bad thing. You see how that extra judgment needs to be made? Yeah, the glass is half empty, so what? It doesn't have to be a bad thing until you make it a bad thing, until you mistakenly label it a bad thing. It's a shortcut in language that has obfuscated this truth that nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so, and everything is just a deprivation of value. There's some scale of value that you place it on, and then hopefully you're going to put things on higher value, and you're going to be seeking things that have a higher value. So that's one of the very interesting brain hacks. And even if that sounded to you a little too philosophical, even if you don't get the logic of that, that's fine. Please understand the practical implications of this, is that even if you don't get how saying this situation is bad is going to be wrong every time because you use the wrong verb. It's like saying this situation is blue when it's a musical situation. This is the wrong word to use. Even if that doesn't make sense to you, and even if you don't agree that it's not logically necessary that you paint anything as bad, it's a label you apply, and you don't have to do that. Even if that makes no sense to you, Please understand the practical implications that I think you could start to see how it's going to get in the way of your meditation. That if you, if you think situations have to be bad or that situations need to be bad, which is a step further, or that another step further even than that, all situations are always bad, that is going to keep you in the realm of anxiety and that's going to keep you in the realm of depression. That's going to keep you in the realm of negative and harmful thoughts that is going to get in the way of your, of your meditation and you're seeking enlightenment and you're just seeking to be healthy and you're seeking to be better. 
So whether you agree with me on the philosophical Western point, both the East and West will agree we need to believe in the righteousness of our cause, to use Sun Tzu. We need to brand it as good and believe it's good. And if you think it's fake, then apply the adage, fake it until you make it. And that is the only way that you're going to get rid of these negative thoughts is by stopping using them as a classifier. Everything is a continuum of value, and you're just seeking to make it better. Another good example in the West is in sales language. They never they tell you to never tell the client that there's a problem, always that we have a challenge. See how they rebrand it? They move it away from the negative. And I hate that it's through smarmy sales tactics that this truth is mostly being used in the Western world right now. But that does not make it any less true. And quite frankly, I'll take the truths wherever I can find them. So that's the lesson for today. You need to start branding things, at least not negatively. You need to stop importing negativity into your life that does not need to be there. You need to stop thinking that way, and you would do well to stop feeling that way. You would do much better to start seeing the good instead of the bad. See the good that's in your life. See the value that is in your life, and start seeking the value that is in your life. And you'll do much better. So that's the lesson for today. Now, the meditation that we're going to talk about, um, I have a, an announcement. I have made a tool that is going to make it much easier for you to meditate. It's at meditationassistant.com. If you want to go directly to the tool, it's app.meditationassistant.com. You should see that somewhere down here on the screen, app.meditationassistant.com. And you can go there, you can register right now for free for beta testers, and you can use meditative techniques, all of the meditative techniques that I'm talking about in the show. But not only this, but I have extra techniques built in that I'd like to talk about today that we haven't covered yet. Very powerful brain hacks are built in. All of the brain hacks that I could think of over time are built into this tool, and it's a very good tool. You should definitely take a look at the tool it will definitely help speed up your meditation. It's going to help your meditation be better. It's going to help your meditation be more perfect. It uses the bilateral stimulation, which you just saw me exampling here. They're stimulating the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. It does this subconsciously. It also uses a theta wave generation that some neuroscience has shown. It's going to help imprint on your limbic system. So when you're using the meditation assistant at app.meditationassistant.com, which is currently free to use uh, at, at the time of this recording. Please, by all means, go and, and use it while it's free. The theta waves are very interesting how they work. And so the key is whenever you use the app and whenever you meditate, period, and you can use theta wave uh, generators. Uh, some on There are some on YouTube. I don't actually know. I've never actually plugged them up to a... a I don't even know what I would need to use, an oscilloscope or something, some kind of device that actually registers the, uh, the hertz that the, the uh, sound is putting out to make sure that it's actually in the range of what's supposed to be theta waves. But assuming that the ones on YouTube you can find are actually accurate, and it seems to work for me, and it seems to work, and I've listened to them all, they seem to be, I have a pretty good ear for pitch, and they seem to be all on the same pitch, so I'm like, okay, well, I think these are the right kind of generators. You can even use a theta wave generator for when you're meditating and not even using the tool. But here's the key that neuroscience has shown, and you have to pay very close attention to this. This is crucial. You want to imprint, the theta waves are going to imprint whatever you're feeling on your limbic system. 
So it's key that you are as relaxed and as positive as possible when doing this. You do not want to use the theta waves to imprint negativity or stress because I presume that's going to be counterproductive to what you're trying to do with meditation. So that is the key to remember. And when you're using app.meditationassistant.com or you're using theta waves from YouTube and you're just doing the meditative lessons, just freestyle that we talk about here in class, that's perfectly fine too. You don't have to use the assistant, although I recommend it. I've built all my tricks and secrets into it. But you can do it freestyle too. That's not a problem at all. And I, have, I will always have this free YouTube video for people who want to use the free uh, lessons and, and are, are wary of, of, of doing open eye meditation with the, the meditation assistant. That's, that's fine too. I really do want the world to meditate and I really do want the world to get healthier. And so I do not want to bar any of these secrets from anybody because of a silly thing like price or money. So but when you're using the theta wave meditation, remember, you must be as relaxed as possible. You must be as positive as possible. Turn it on when you're feeling relaxed and positive. And then if someone yells at you or you're not, you haven't gone to a secluded place or something emergency happens, turn off the theta wave generator as quick as you can. And then that way you're not going to be at risk of imprinting, hopefully, some negativity into your, into your limbic system. Uh, you will get a more productive session, hopefully, preferably. And again, that's just my risk mitigation strategy. I haven't studied this in any uh, scientific depth. Um, uh, and I would imagine that even if you do imprint a little bit of negativity, the whole purpose of meditation is to just turn the road back to balanced judgment of, of a four-lane freeway to good town or that four-lane freeway to bad town in the fight or flight or freeze limbic system appraisal. Uh, you remember that from previous courses. Uh, I've previous lessons. Go back and watch the previous lessons if you haven't seen those ones yet. And that's what's happening. And what we're trying to do is change it from being a, a much more strong neural pathway to a negative fight or flight or freeze appraisal when you become agitated, as opposed to a positive one or a neutral one or even other kinds of ones uh, that might exist. And so uh, even if you do accidentally imprint some negativity don't worry, that's what happened before. That's why you're meditating. It's because you accidentally imprinted some negativity. You went through situations that were negative. You went through scenarios that were bad, and that's why the limbic system has been in, in, impressed the way it is. And that's why you're not already enlightened. Plus, some key informational concepts have not been given to you as well. You need both the, the emotional concepts and you need the key informational concepts. So don't worry too much if you imprint negativity by accident, because that's actually what has happened to you in the past. You accidentally imprinted some negativity by being in bad scenarios. Huh, I said not to use bad, but I just did. By being in the wrong scenarios, by being in suboptimal scenarios, by being in sub-ideal positions and having sub-ideal thoughts. And so that's why the Western tradition will supply the thoughts. The Eastern tradition will supply the emotional content and a lot of the emotional manipulation. And the West will do some of that as well. But together, they're a very powerful brain hack. And so we should be able to correct any mistakes over time if you're a, a diligent meditator. And the last uh, bit of meditation we're going to try and, and talk about and do today uh, are tips for meditation anyway, other than the theta waves. 
And we went over spinning the clouds, breaking the clouds. We went over certain concepts, uh, Western concepts that are going to help you fake it till you make it. You should definitely look at all those. They're definitely important. And I will cover them again in future lessons. And they are all built into the app.meditationassistant.com. The last thing I'll leave you with is a little bit of breathing then to maybe try the theta wave meditation. So this breathing comes from the Eastern tradition. There's Western breathing and Eastern breathing. Uh, I like to use them both for different reasons. I think they both have a different physiological effect, whether you want to um, harmonize your agitation or whether you wish to reduce your agitation. Some ways of breathing will harmonize your agitation and prepare you for combat, especially for doing these kinds of Tai Chi movements, holding what they call the chi ball here, which is where my emotions are. I can feel my emotions being manipulated by my hands. I can crush the emotions. I can set the emotions off. And by practicing this, these hand movements, slowly, this is wave hand like cloud. You're just doing this motion with this hand and this motion with this hand in a figure eight. And you can see it makes an infinity kind of sign, infinity sign like this, this side, this side, this side, this side. There's also a binaural, uh, bilateral component. You see here, I'm moving left, right, left, right. See a lot of the, the brain hacks and secrets tie together that the East and the West have learned. So you can practice that as well, wave hand like cloud. But while you do, we should practice at least one of the breathing types. I'm going to practice the breathing type not to harmonize your agitation, but to reduce your agitation. Because you're probably here looking for ways to reduce your agitation. So it's very simple. You sit with a straight back. I'm sure you've heard this before. It's key to yoga. It's key to Tai Chi. It's key, it's key to Qigong. It's key to all the internal Asian martial arts, which uh, I didn't mention at the start. I've studied for 30 years. I have, I have three black belts in. And it's key to probably every other meditation lesson you've seen before, so that's why I didn't bother covering it. You probably already know it, but just in case you don't, I'll go over it. You breathe in through the nose, all the way down to the bottom of your stomach, and then you breathe straight out through the mouth. Now that's pretty basic. And these hand gestures I'm doing is your lungs fill up this way, and then they push out this way, and then the, the air comes out this way. Now that's all pretty basic, and you've probably seen that before. Let's do it again. And over time, the inhalation will get longer. The exhalation will get even double longer than that. But here's a little secret that a lot of people don't know about that breathing teach you and it's like spinning the clouds but this one is what I call bubbles no not bubbles from trailer park boys although he's my favorite no it is bubbles in that you're going to let the emotions that you feel and the feelings you feel remember I told you I feel them right here you might not that's fine wherever you feel them and you're gonna let them evaporate and bubble up and you let the bubbles cut up like little mini universes and take up all that emotion into like a cluster of bubbles that's percolating while you breathe in. 
then you let them all go in the breath. You imagine, you feel them. You imagine slash feel. Imagine, like I can make a new word, imagine. You imagine them, you imagine slash feel them getting chopped up, bottled up, and then breathed out. This is a part of the Zen method. This is the method of seeking oblivion. This is another method of becoming more Zen, of reducing agitation and emotions and literally bottling them up in these bubbles and then letting them go when you don't need them and want to process them right now, when you don't want to feel them right now. And you feel and you imagine them falling outside you until you you feel a visible reduction. The breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth is just simulating a, a yawn, which I've already discovered in another way. I've talked about the yawning in previous lessons. Definitely never stifle a yawn. If you feel yawn coming on, go ahead and let yourself yawn. And that's the lesson for today. So if you would like to like and subscribe somewhere down here, sorry, I never know where it is. If you want to like and subscribe somewhere down here, I would appreciate it. If you would give me a like and subscribe, that'd be great. More people could be meditating. And don't forget to try out app.meditationassistant.com. That's app.meditationassistant, one word, no dash, dot com. It should be down on your screen here somewhere. And I hope to see you next week and have a good meditation.